Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Student Surviving Architecture, an architecture podcast where we as students talk about our experiences and hopefully give out some helpful tips along the way. I'm Jack. I'm Oscar. And I'm Mitchell. And this episode is inspired by yet another question that we have received, so thank you for everybody getting in touch with us. And before we give our thoughts on the question, what have we all been up to this week? Well, I've had a very, very eventful week and I've had a stressful week. I've had a stressful two days. I've had a module that I didn't know I had sprung on me. And I've also had another module start off, I don't want to say in shambles, but it's just very, very confusing. I know that it may not sound like a lot to everyone, but we've had to try and organise. We've already had a conversation about this. I've all been told it's not a big deal. No, it does. Right. It does sound hard. It does sound hard. (laughs) We're trying to organise 18 people in different time zones as well, to be fair, um, to try and get together a package of drawings for a building. And it's it has started off quite stressful, especially when not many people know what they're doing. But it's been okay. I had a nice early night last night. I woke up a lot less stressed than I was yesterday. Nice and fresh. Yesterday I was I was really up against it yesterday. Like, I just checked when lockdown was ending and apparently we've not even got an end date for this one. I didn't know that. No. Then the module got sprung on me and we had to start this other work. I was up against it last night, I'll be honest. But I'm so, feeling okay today. So it sounds like it sounds like you uh, you went to bed early and you woke up and you maybe had a shower. Maybe, maybe you know. It does sound like that. Cleaned does, yourself off. Uh, <laughs> a nice relaxing shower. So I moved back to Oxford uh, yesterday <laughs> and uh, somehow... I've not been here for a month. My drain has blocked itself in my shower. And of course, because it would be ridiculous for a maintenance team to work on the weekend, I can't get my shower fixed until Monday. So I'm just going to sit here and fester. In your own mosque. You'll be able to smell my gooch from Manchester. That. Smell it from here, through the mic. I want to know what or who has blocked that drain if you've not been there. I'm like, genuinely worried. There is two inches of water, like in the bottom, like you know, in the shower tray. Yeah, and I wouldn't yeah. have gone home and been like, "Oh yeah, that water, that'll just stay there." Like I wouldn't do that. <laughs> so, Please, Mitch. This is an audio podcast, so you need to really give us a graphic description of exactly what your shower looks like. Do, at the do you know what is horrific? Is that so? I I use like bars of soap. I don't use like shower gel. I use like a bar of dove Weird. soap. Very weird. <laughs> uh, environmentally friendly, actually. So um, odd. <laughs> and um, that has fallen off the little shelf in the shower, and that has just become sort of part of the shower tray now. Because it's been sat in That's the water, disgusting. it's just slowly oh, sort of right. broken apart like a, like a shower-flavoured cottage cheese. Mm. Right. It's honestly okay. the worst thing in the world. All right, then, moving on from that. So the question we received was, do I need an iPad or a tablet for a master's? And that got us thinking about what we think every architect or architecture student should have on his desk. So first off, what do you think, Mitch? Um, okay, so I think we all sort of were talking about how in first year we use different methods of like uh, presentation. So... In first year, you'll get a list probably from like your lecturers, and it'll say like, 
you need an adjustable set square, you need your scale ruler, you need like your pens, your pencils. Uh, and some of it you'll use all the time. Like you never won't sketch. Like mm. I know we said earlier, we were saying that in first year you do a lot more technical drawing. Um, mm. And then in second and third year, you'll do your technicals through Revit or something. It's um, safe to say that our desks throughout the years have changed and what we've exactly like, yeah, yeah, but but for, yeah. A mainstay, there's always a sketchbook. And that's, I, I don't know about you guys, but I always use a little A5. Yeah, same. Uh, A4 is just, it's just an awkward size. And like, if you have a, yes, Very if you nice. have a A5 A5. sketchbook, like it fits in your bag really easily. And like, yeah. if you do want to get it out and do a few sketches, like it's really ha- handy and manageable. And actually, I find it easier to hold when you sketch on site as well. Yeah, because A4 yeah. is like, <laughs> like rocking A4. up with a massive like A1. A5, A3, <laughs> just kind of like setting it out on the floor, making sure that everyone's kind of like setting their distance. Oh, I do you remember Art Attack? Having... I'm not going off topic. How on oh, Art Attack? On Art Attack, he would like lay out a canvas and like make a massive drawing. That's what we all do. That's what, we all... That's what the extra ones do. Yeah, we turn up at Feeding site the and architect's we, uh, ego. Yeah. we make the building out of like cloth that we got from the local workshop or something. <laughs> seashells and glitter. <laughs> right, I think that having a sketchbook obviously is key, but I think like, I've got two. So I've got my little A5 one, then I've got like a, I've got a big A1 sketchbook as well. I'll be mm. honest, like, I use the A5 one a lot more. Like That's like my little daily for my, like, my scruffy stuff. But like... Sometimes if you just need a bit more space, I found for like when I'm trying to do like floor plans and stuff like that, and I just yeah. want a big page to scroll over, I find it really easily. Really, I find that really useful. But I think day to day, you're just going to be using A5. Plus, mm. they're pretty cute. I, I like. I think they're nice and cute. It's like, like there's there's enough to room to do with. stuff, um, and but but not too small because like A A like A6 and stuff. There, it's just too small. You won't get anything on that. But A5, you can sort of put a good amount of sketches on it um i don't use an a1 what i do is i do all my little sketches in my a5 and then i've got a a3 roll of tracing paper oh, i was just about really to say nice. that and i i really <laughs> yeah and and i completely like, agree with tracing i like paper. sellotape it to the desk and i roll it out and i do loads of sketches and i cut that bit off and i roll it out and i think there was a stage in my third year where i was in the studios on my own and i had like 20 meters of <laughs> a3 like rolled out and there was just loads of sketches nice. on it um very nice plus it, tr- tracing paper is so cheap like i'm pretty mm. sure that's 200 meters and it was like a tenner so that's pretty good to be fair yeah i think tracing paper is definitely important in everyone's desk yeah especially a giant roll like you can roll out scribble over and then come back and scribble over again when you've got different concept designs and it yeah. also adds to your final design journal as well yeah Plus, it means that if you if you want to do like a sketchier look, you can um, you could make a model in Revit or something, print it out, and then sketch over the top of it. Um, yeah, I never and- used tracer paper, and I think it really hindered me to be honest. Like I've started using it more now, and like it's really nice. kind of nailed it into me in practice. Yeah, like, I never used it, and I I really do think it's hindered. Because you can like, uh, you can draw a site, and then lay a bit of paper over it draw something lay a yeah. bit of paper over it. it's so useful um no, it, is, it is really really useful. it's really handy i think tracing paper is a must be it's got it's a mainstay yeah, it's got 100 it is very cheap but if you can't afford it one of our tutors gave us a nice little tip of using greaseproof paper 
because that comes in a roll as well. Yeah, it's like, like 95p for a hundred for like 20 meters or something. It's it's again really really cheap. Um, yeah, and it works. So don't get the brown stuff. <laughs> no, that, crunch. Oh, it's yeah. a nightmare. Yeah, because that won't work. But if you find like just plain white greaseproof greaseproof paper, that does the job as well. Hmm. Is there anything else that's kind of stuck with you throughout the years? In terms of equipment, scale ruler. <laughs> oh, controversial. <laughs> we had an argument about this before recording. Yeah, that's why we've had to stop and start again. So we 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 to let you all know we uh, I've had a very long day. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, but and uh, I I think we were talking about the scale ruler. Jack interrupted me, <laughs> and then I just exploded. <laughs> With a very good valid point, though. It was it was like he'd he'd called me like the worst insult you could think of. I was just fuming at him. <laughs> and then it's like he just said that your parents were in jail for tax fraud. So we'll we'll come back to the controversial topic. Um, Unlike Mitch's parents from prison. Whoa. <laughs> um, <laughs> so just just as a state, Mitch's parents aren't in prison. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've never met him before, and like, I'm really scared now if I ever come round to your house. Yeah, you did. You met my mum and dad at graduation. Oh yeah, I did. I did, and they're lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared to ever meet them again. That was their day release, wasn't it? <laughs> they were on parole. <laughs> right, anyway, we're going off. Right, topic. pulling yeah. it back to the scale ruler. I think what we said was, uh, is that in your first year you'll actually use your scale ruler for what's it what it's intended for. So you'll use it to do scale plans and scale elevations. In second and third year, you probably and like for the rest of your architect architecture career, you probably won't use it to do that unless you really have to. Um, you'll use Autodesk or whatever. But we we did say, and I think Oscar said that if you're making a model then a scale ruler is like, you've got to have it because it, it means that you don't have to print things off to scale and then cut models over the top of it. Get the sturdy metal ones. Yeah. yeah. Good. 100%. You can actually roll a scalpel along them. Yeah. Um, just anything. If you get a plastic one, they're crap because you can't use them for... Like, the best thing about having a scale rule, even for cutting stuff out, is just being able to, like, cut, like, a, a scalpel along them. Yeah. Do you remember what I did in first year when I used a plastic scale rule? <laughs> I cut the top of my finger off, children. <laughs> don't be like, don't be like Mitchell. <laughs> if you're ever in a studio at, at midnight cutting stuff, use a one of those uh, scale rulers with like the the bump in the middle, or use a scale ruler that you can't cut through with your scalpel. Because <laughs> I was scoring along the top. Uh, and took the top of my finger off, so <laughs> that's not a good time. Have any of you actually used your set square since first year? No. No, I don't think yeah, I have. me neither. No. I think it's just changing times. Like, yeah, definitely. Everything's digital now. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I know, I went, when I was speaking to a few practices, like, one or two of them were saying that the director still uses, like, that. I think it is just what you're taught, like, because we were only taught it in first year, we don't see it as a big or useful part, but, like, um, I was speaking to this. Yeah, I was speaking to a practice, and like they were saying that their director was quite old-fashioned and still really liked using like set squares and, and drawing boards and stuff yeah. like that, which is quite cool to be fair. And yeah. it's a very retro 
style of like well i mean i guess to us it's retro but like our well our ex-head of architecture at, at brooks he at his practice does all of his plans hand-drawn wow so i imagine oh, for them so cool. like for that practice it's mental um but yeah i imagine for that practice like having the scale ruler and the ability to use the set square is is vital but do you know how that translates into actual projects because like he, how do you he said that they've had better planning success once they started hand drawing it really yeah but I, but, but like th- how does it translate to going into because with us like we'd have like a, a pdf or something that we could send to i imagine they draw it scan it in and then oh and then it just yeah so they don't necessarily take like the original copies but he said they do lots of like uh, it's Oxford, so they do lots of like conservation work. Yeah. So I think that old-fashioned technique goes a long way. Um, That's so cool. You still say it's old-fashioned? It's still integral that we know how to use it at least. Yeah, you'll. I mean, every architect should be able to to draw to scale. Well, has to. Yeah, yeah, has to. Because if you find that you can't get your computer to work or whatever, you'll have to. You still need your your computer's there to enhance your skills. But um, if you're not able to do scale drawings by hand, then that's that's a little bit ridiculous. Do you know who does amazing um, architecture drawings? Uh, I'm going to throw out a little Dan Green shout out. Dan Green does amazing sketches. But um, there's a, I'm, I'm sure we're literally talking to our mates, so I'm sure they'll follow him. Quasi as well. But uh, I was talking about Ants and Gunkles, which is Ellie's insta page oh she yeah she does really really cool like uh elevations of buildings and like floor plans and stuff and like mm. the style of the drawing and stuff is so good like go and give her a, i'm sure everyone who fucking listens go to follow dan green quasi and uh, and ellie <laughs> just quasi and ellie literally like i guess it's a medium of architecture that's kind of maybe not as efficient as like autocad especially like when you go into but like yeah. it's still just such an integral part of it and it's such like a nice well you get a better result don't you yeah there's like that almost personal touch to it that you don't get with like autocad and stuff like yeah it's, it's... Got the, when you yeah. do the drawings you see the style of the architect behind it and it's like it's got that personal touch to it it's it's not just yeah. another kind that's, of computer generated that's thing. a bit like how um if you remember like in second year they stressed this a lot so mm. in our second year and we'll talk about this more because it is really vital to use this bit of software in our second year, we learned how to use Revit and we had lessons about using Revit. But the thing is, is that, so in, in theory, you can teach anyone how to use Revit and anyone in theory can be good at Revit. And sadly, there's there's nothing special about clicking the render button. And I think yeah. our, our lecturers really stressed it that they don't just want to see Revit renders at the end of a project because it sounds harsh because you've probably yeah. put a lot of time and effort into that model and to make it look good but but at the end of the day sitting there for an hour and waiting for something to render isn't as impressive as maybe doing something in photoshop or even doing a hand drawing think, yeah that's that's what i was gonna say is like revit like rendering on revit doesn't have the same effect as drawing that blah, blah, blah. doesn't mean you have to sorry i've had a beer i'm hiccuping a little bit um <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> oh <got> a beer. <laughs> i just sound like an alcoholic on these <laughs> Um, yeah, us saying that you don't have to necessarily, like, us saying that Revit and AutoCAD being, um, unpersonal, I think what we're trying to say is don't treat that render button as, like, 
the final step. Yeah. Because the final step is when you put it into Photoshop and you put your personal spin on it. And yeah. like we did, we did an exercise literally yesterday, where they were like, "We just want you to find like um, a target audience of who you're designing for." And this is the existing building. These are some photos of the interior. Just place the people within the interior. Create some kind of montage. Mm. Just have fun. And like, even though like all of us, all of us ended up using like the same photograph, but just the styles and and makeups that people used, like each one was so different. Yeah. So I think it's important to just have a medium that you're comfortable with, and you're comfortable with just putting your personality in it. Before we go on to more digital stuff. Anything else do you want to add? Physical that should be on the desk. Um, I think just a good set of pencils. Oh, I think I've, masking yeah. tape. I think and masking tape. You need masking tape. Masking is good, tape, yeah. definitely. Um, how do we feel about rotary pens? What are they? They were the ones um, in in first year when we had our list of things you must have. They were on that list, and they're like fifty quid for a good pair. I swear that you fill them with ink, and they're really, really fine. Um, and they produce really good like lines. Like you can make amazing line drawings with them. Um, but I've never owned a pair. I've, I've always gone for like, them. no, I've always gone for fine liners. Yes. Okay. Good set um, of fine liners, definitely. And uh, and for doing thicker stuff, I use sharpies or um, brush pens. If you've ever used them. Yeah. Like I've so, never used them, but I think they look really cool. They're really really cool. Like they've got a really long nib um i've got a really long nib so you can you can like produce really thick painty lines um they're really really useful but yeah i think in in terms of like sketching it sounds like we've all all said the same thing like a nice pencil that you like to use and then just a good variety of like different thickness pens and then your a5 sketchbook i'd say but things main important things that you'd need sketchbooks scale ruler tracing paper Mask and tape, a scalpel and a, cutting, a scalpel and a cutting mat for models, some pro markers or equivalent for colouring in, and a fucking stress ball. <laughs> That's the most important. Oh yeah, you had one, didn't you? Still I does. He actually like destroys them. Callum saw the the harsh end of that stress ball once, didn't he, Jack? Did he? Yeah. Are we still? John won City won the league. <laughs> City won the league like two years back <laughs> and Callum do you remember it was like a really tight race between Liverpool and City oh one point I remember that yeah and yeah City won it on like the last day of the league yeah uh, Callum got changed into a City top in front of everyone you just nailed him with your stress ball across <laughs> the room it was pure rage <laughs> why did you say masking tape what's masking tape good for well masking tape is allowing you to cover your drawings with tracing paper keeping it yeah. steady it's also right, helping yeah. you with colouring around the edges if it also just like me. yeah also just keeping your paper stuck to the table like yeah oh. it is quite and important also for models oh yeah Ooh, oh if you can get yourself a good hot glue gun get yourself a hot glue gun I'm a super glue man, to be fair. High risk, high reward. I love them so much. I've I got didn't. so many burns on my hands from hot glue guns, but they're just so good. I think me and they're Jack so both use it, super glue. I use super glue, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jack let's has, not. Let's, has. Let's move on. Let's move on. Super glued his eyes oh together. We talked God. about that on another episode. <laughs> we did. Is Jack still allowed super glue? <laughs> <laughs> they still trust him with it. Only oh, oh, when God. I'm supervised. 
Superglue does like if you're making a model out of card or even MDF to be fair. Um, Superglue is is really really good. Doesn't Superglue like melt MDF? No, MDF's the wood, isn't it? Yeah. Does like you, a, oh, you, you can't use it on foam. Thing. It proper just melts yeah, through it, the foam. It melts the foam, doesn't it? Yeah, because it's it, um, dangerous stuff, man. It, what? There's a word. Oh, you're it? telling me. What's it called? <laughs> it 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 sort of like it creates a bond, but it it does produce heat. Like you'll know that if if you get um super glue on your fingers, it does get quite hot. It's really weird. Oh, yeah. Um, and that and like the worst thing is if you uh if you get you will your eye jack yeah (laughs) it will happen when you're at uni you'll get your fingertips covered in super glue and then about a day (laughs) later you'll have to you'll have to peel it off and you just peel off most of your skin like most of your finger comes off with your super glue Um, to be fair though mitch if if me and you were combined I would have been able to super glue my hands together that much that you wouldn't have felt your finger getting cut off. Yeah, I think that yeah, I think that rounds up. Um, I think that rounds off the sort of physical stuff, and then um, in terms of software, and we'll we'll talk about the electric medium, um, and we'll come round to this question that we got from Mr. Callum Forrester. I can't remember if we said what the question was, but I'll say it again. I've got an iPad that I do some sketching on. And he asked me if he would require an iPad for his masters, or not not require, but would it be good to have one? And should you recommend it to people? Um, and to be fair, I'll tell. I, I said I gave him an answer then, and said that he should wait for the podcast as well. But with regards to an iPad, so imagine <laughs> if we were medical students and like someone emailed in going like my grandma needs CPR and we just message him back going well wait for the next podcast have a hold out till next Wednesday <laughs> um, the thing with an iPad and also there's the alternative is it the Surface Pro yes um, uh, is it not just called the drawing tablet either way any tablet yeah um, they're very expensive and I, I mean I, I got my my iPad Pro I got for my like twenty first birthday, um, but it's it's like a th- it's a thousand pounds and oh my god yeah and even the even the smaller iPads eight hundred seven hundred five hundred quid like they're they're all very expensive and it's too much it's too much yeah and realistically what you do with it which is essentially sketching I sketch on it and I make notes on it and stuff but it's all stuff I could do anyway on paper nah, look I I I think they're invaluable i think they're so good but not everyone can afford an ipad i can't afford an ipad that's what i mean i got myself a i got myself a drawing tablet so my one yeah. doesn't have a screen but it was 60 quid i think it's the x pen deco version 2 i think yeah it's fantastic like it's got they're really good sensitivities it's got different pen modes like for fo- like i don't think Look, iPads are convenient, and like the stuff you can do on them is really, really good. Like, don't get me wrong. And if you're, when I become an architect, and when I start in a practice, like, and I've saved up some money, I will definitely end up getting one because yeah. I just think, especially with the way that things are going, I think they're so useful. Well, I think what well, I bought mine for my practice, and mm. the best way to put it is if you can justify paying what you will will pay for this iPad. And the pencil as well, because you'll need that. Hundred quid. If yeah. you're gonna make the money back from it, then yeah, it's up to you whether you think it's a good investment or not. Yeah. But if you're doing it solely for uni work, I I wouldn't recommend it. No, that's yeah. what I mean. Like, and my drawing pads kept me really, really good. Like drawing pads are like um 
the more cost-effective alternative, and along with Photoshop, you can do everything that you could do on an iPad. Um, we, we've all said it really like the the tablets and the ipads are all great like and what you can do with them is fantastic like all my notes are in one place all my drawings are in one place like fantastic but would i recommend it no because you have to pay through the arse for it and <laughs> and and like realistically you you spent 70 quid on your uh on your drawing tablet for the computer and then photoshop is what 5.99 a month free if you're a student not for me for free We've got it for it's free. only certain unis give Photoshop. <laughs> oh my goodness. Because we didn't get it for free at Hallam. Yes. No, yeah. We, no, we never, we never. No. We got it on the on the system for free. Oh yeah, but we it was never on the system. Wasn't it? Yeah. So on, yeah. in in uni, I get it for free, obviously. Um, yeah. But you can't. But like uni. that, that's like immediately per year, you're only spending like a hundred and ten quid on like your and then the next year you're only paying for your photoshop whereas in order to have an ipad or or i think surface pro is like 600 quid as well you're paying 400 500 pounds more and in some cases a thousand pounds um and it it, although yeah as you like you said they're invaluable but as a student probably not viable no you don't need it as a student i think when yeah when I get into practice, I'm definitely going to be getting one. I just think that's so cool. Mm. Like, and for sketching and stuff like that, like it is really, really good. It it takes some getting used to, yeah. Drawing on a drawing pad because, like, obviously it doesn't have a screen, so you kind of like have to look at your computer whilst yeah not looking at your hand. It's, it's drawing, quite like, yeah, yeah. It's quite odd. Yeah, it takes a bit getting used to, but I don't know. It's been cool and like it's it's opened up a new medium for me and like a new style and like I can do stuff that I couldn't do before. Ooh, like, that's a nice full circle. Managed to do that. our logo, didn't I? Yeah, that's a nice full circle. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, I love that. But like, I'd say if you've got cash to burn, I mean, if you get a full students who has cash to burn, <laughs> <laughs> you got cash to burn. Go for it. Get an iPad. Get. A... If you're a, if your parents have spent the last six years avoiding tax in Switzerland. <laughs> 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 But Callum, if you're a student, mate, I'd honestly just get a, a drawing pad. I just think, I just don't think you're going to need a full thousand pound iPad. Or learn to sketch. Unless you want you an f- iPad as well. So you can edit that out. <laughs> no, I won't. Please, Please edit that out. Please edit that out. That's staying in. So, uh, keeping on the topic of like computers and commu- computer software. Um, do you think it's better to have a desktop uh, and a full setup sort of at your house or like a MacBook or a laptop that you can sort of traffic around with you? Hmm. I think it depends on how you work. Personally, I prefer a desktop because my tower can hold a lot more memory. It means a lot faster. I know where I am all the time then in terms of I've got to come down at my desk, I've got to sit down and work and then that's it. I think it's similar to the iPad mm. drawing pad discussion, to be fair. Like, I think both have their merits. I think laptops are great because you can literally bring them wherever you are. They've just got a lot more movement to them and, like, you know, you can work in studios, you can pick it up and go back home and work there. And that's a bit harder to do when you've got a desktop. Like, obviously, you can keep everything on a memory stick, but yeah, they're a bit... Yeah, so I mean, I, I get I get nervous with memory sticks. Yeah. See, I like a bigger screen. 
and being able to move the keyboard around and the mouse for whatever to- whatever task I'm doing. My mate uses a, a laptop, but he's just bought himself for like 60 quid. He's just bought himself a, a monitor as well that when he's at home, he just plugs his laptop yeah. into so that he's got like dual screen. I think the thing with a laptop is if you're going to buy a laptop that can do the same things as your desktop, you're going to be paying like two, three times the price for it. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. So like I ended up basically <laughs> this summer, I decided that this year was a year I was going to catch up with gaming consoles. And I was like, I'm either going to get the Xbox one or I'm going to get the uh, PS5. Like is, is it the Xbox one? No. It's the, the X. Xbox series it? X. Yeah. Oh, the series right, X. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the I'm going to catch up by buying a console that's seven <laughs> years <laughs> out of date. <laughs> no, but then my my dad made a pretty good point and he was like, well, why don't you just get yourself like, because I'd saved a bit of money. It was like, why don't you just buy yourself like a brand new computer, mm. which can do all the things a console can do, but then also could help you out with architecture. And like, so I spent like a bit, of, I spent a fair bit on, on uh, my new setup and everything. And like, mm. it's just been so useful like i've not had an issue with any software like even in sketchup no. like with really big models like everything's just run so smoothly it's just yeah. been so nice I, I think if there was any area and i think all three of us all three of us are in the same boat we all have a desktop computer i think mm. if there was anywhere where i would say i i would recommend you spending sort of between 4 and 600 pounds a really good computer setup is is so invaluable. This is so amazing. Like, and as you yeah. say, you're yeah. so right. Like, my Revit is so smooth, and Photoshop is smooth, and everything's fast, yeah. and like, yeah. I can do things quickly. Uh, whereas, like, if you want a laptop, yes, you have the convenience of like, as you said, you don't have to. I had to like during my course had to have a memory pen at me on, on me on all times. Otherwise, like yeah. I just didn't have the work with me. Yes, that's yeah. great and convenient. But if you want a laptop with the same specs as like a PC, it's going to be like a thousand pounds again. Like, and then with your iPad, you're fucking broke, mate. <laughs> like you've got no money going about. Um, yeah. But the iPad could technically work as a laptop, couldn't it? it? Well, yeah. This is the thing, and I think that. Um, uh, it's it's I'm very privileged <laughs> in that I have an iPad as well as my desktop. Um, I yeah. sound so fucking middle class right now. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, you're, you're right. Like um, I take that to lectures and stuff, and it's really useful. Um, and I don't need a yeah. laptop because of that. But I think <laughs> if you had just a desktop, rocking up to a lecture no with laptop. like a desktop, <laughs> <laughs> like, just rocking up with a desktop and just up. like. <laughs> just trying to find somewhere to like plug it in, yeah. So we can just uh, can just hold a lecture for two seconds. Yeah. No, but, but I think I... that's a good point. Like, I think laptops are so much easier for taking notes. Yeah. Maybe that's what you need. Maybe if you can afford it, get yourself a mid-range desktop that can run everything really smoothly, and then just get yourself a really crappy laptop that can yeah. just for or taking even notes. Just, you know, t- hand handwrite your notes. Good old pen and paper. Yeah. No, yeah, like I mean, but we're talking Stone like... Stone Ages. <laughs> I think this raises, like, I know this isn't one for this week's episodes, but, like, just stuff like that just gets you thinking about, like, how accessible architecture really is. Mm. And, like... That is a... That is in the I know topic. there's a lot of talk about discrimination in architecture, and I'm sure we'll guys. end up talking about this at some point. 
What was that? I said we're all just three white guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we are. Uh, so, just to let you know, um, Jack is from South Africa, and he's very black. Oscar is from Italy, okay, well, and I am a I woman. I was in the capital building last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... but... Can I go back to my very serious point? Sorry. <laughs> Continue. I think something that we will end up talking about in the future, but like stuff like this kind of makes you realise like architecture is a very taxing course yeah. on your money. Like on your bank account, like architecture is a very taxing course. And for some reason they decide to take it off. I think there are some some courses at uni you get like a little grant for, don't you, from yeah. the government? Like a little bursary. Oh, yeah. And for some reason they took architecture off it. Yeah. And I just it's just made it even more of like a... Yeah. A discriminatory thing so like we understand that everything we're saying is coming from a very privileged point of view yeah. and like and actually if we yeah. if we look at the flip side if you did only have money for your sketching equipment then you're not screwed because your uni will have the facilities for you to do all of your electronic work and it might not be i mean we were lucky again at hallam in that all the computers were fairly new in some in a lot of the studios certainly in our third year studios um i didn't have a computer my first no. for my undergrad i didn't have a computer yeah um i did every i only had stuff for sketching and yeah. i relied pretty much on everything at the uni and, and in, in some so ways that's something great you're worried about it'd be worth looking in some yeah. ways that's great because then you leave all your work at uni and like that's kind of nice in a way um but you you're not until so you got a trek to the library at yeah. seven in the evening like. but again like it's 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 really great if you do have the sort of the funds to get yourself all the fancy gear like all the kit um but re- realistically uh, if you get down to the basics your uni's gonna have all the equipment for you and all you need is your your pen and paper um yeah i thought yeah i thought it'd be quite nice to kind of say what what's everyone's like what's been everyone's kind of like most trusty trusty little piece of equipment that they've carried with them throughout all the years alcohol um, <laughs> it's got to be my tracing paper to be fair it's yeah. got to be like tracing paper and, and a thick pen like I don't think I haven't used that method of like site plans and sketching since like first year no I think yeah. it's my sketchbook hmm. well, this is a personal thing so like Ish. I just thought what's everyone's like most personal kind of like is there anything that you've like gotten a genuine attachment to over the years? Uh, I've got a that's got my name engraved on it, and uh, I find that really useful. <laughs> no, come on, I thought it was quite a nice little thing to say. Well, can I say something before we end up going too far off topic? Okay. Regarding computer software, what would you yeah. say are the most important pieces of software that you'll need? I've got a really strong opinion. I've got a really strong opinion about one bit of software. Do you care to elaborate? Yes. So, I honestly think, and this is a bold statement, that if you are applying to architecture firms, and if you apply to a firm that doesn't use Revit, you don't want to work there. Okay. Right? No. <laughs> no yeah. No. And let me... Let me no 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 hear me out hear me out right. That, that I'm sure it would be a good firm and you might pick up you'll pick up valuable skills anyway. However, this is coming from a man who a week ago couldn't even use Revit. 
No, I've always been able to use Revit. I just felt army. like I needed better skills in Revit, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Oscar. Okay, Don't set me okay. off again. We'll have to start all over again. <laughs> um, if the, the thing is, is that 95% of architectural firms use Revit, yeah? Right. So the likelihood is, if you spend your part one and your part, part two being getting amazingly good at what's that other one there's there's one that's Archicad. like a competitor it's that's called like I virtual Archicad yeah but the thing is is that the skills you get in that are then pretty much sort of useless once you move to a place which will happen you will move to somewhere that uses Revit because it's slowly becoming the industry standard and I, re I really think that at the end of university I honestly think that every student should be able to use Revit yeah, no, it is very useful. I don't agree with what you were saying about only wanting to work at a place that uses Revit. No, because like, at the end of the day, I just think just be grateful that you got somewhere. Yeah, in that situation, I think it's probably smart to learn Revit. I do think you're right. I do think it is a very, very popular software. Okay, so Revit? Yeah, I think Revit's probably... Because if you're good at Revit, you don't need to know AutoCAD. What about the others? Un unless you work at a practice that only uses AutoCAD. We only used AutoCAD and SketchUp. And I always found those really useful. It just, I am mean, I it really? gets, it's really anything the... that gets the job done. Am I really the only one out of all three of us who had to use Revit on his placement? Yep. You are indeed. I used Archicad. That's mad. Yeah. We we used we used Revit and we used AutoCAD, which is, don't even get me started. If you use Revit, you then don't need AutoCAD. No. Um, but I think you need SketchUp. I like SketchUp. I, like I think SketchUp I love just SketchUp. For before things go off concept. into yeah concept before they go off into planning and more serious detail and work that's yeah. the best for it concept yeah i think yeah. revit's good but i think revit's like a finalizing thing yeah. like it's SketchUp very hard is to design in revit i was yeah i was just gonna say like i just think they're used for different things like sketchup to me is i, I would look i would never design in a computer software anyway like especially when you're just starting out but like no sketchup is kind of like that intermediate point where you're starting to get stuff in 3d because i think sketchup is just yeah. very easy to like chop and change revit yeah. is like maybe it's because i'm not good enough at it but like i just think revit is just like revit is like a final thing where you know what your design is you've put it into revit and now it's like for getting renders, for getting floor plans, for getting elevations and stuff. It's kind of like a one-stop shop. Yeah. Revit's kind of like the final thing. Yeah. You should never pick up your software in the first couple of weeks of designing. No, definitely not. Unless, unless you're maybe like um, you're using it to build a site model or you're building like a virtual site model. Fair enough. But then realistically you're not supposed to start designing in these softwares until really later on because designing in revit is very difficult and although sketchup is great for concept stuff as you say like again it's hard to be creative in a bit of software where you're forced to draw straight lines yeah exactly um, like like there are curved lines but um basically what we're saying is that pen and paper is just best <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah so to answer your question just use pen and paper yeah, as much as we think that, that Revit and Photoshop, SketchUp, uh, AutoCAD, Archicad, Rhino or whatever, as much as they're all fantastic and great bits of software, you should never start a project by sitting at your computer. Yeah. 
Yep. It should always begin with you, a pen, and a blank sheet of paper. Or maybe some tracing paper. And your naked bollocks resting on the table. Like mine are right now. No. All three of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd say, I'd say if we are just talking softwares, I think Revit... If if you don't learn Revit, you're only going to to hinder yourself. I'm going to say Revit, SketchUp, and Photoshop. And AutoCAD. I don't think AutoCAD's ever going to die out. AutoCAD's the best. It's the OG. Oh, because I agree with what Mitch is saying. Yeah. Did you not see... Uh, th- did you see the picture I put in the chat of the detail I did? Yeah. No. So... That's the first ever detail I've done in Revit. So I had to keep referring back to the course I was doing. And it <laughs> still only took me 35 minutes to do a full war, uh, floor-to-wall detail. How long did that course take you start to finish? A week. Oh, really? And Not were you bad. dedicating a lot yeah. of time to it? Hour and a half a day. Like, how much is it and how much has it helped you, do you feel? I actually think, yeah, that's a really good talking point. So I think we've spoken about it before. I got it off Udemy. Yeah. Um it was twelve ninety nine. Yeah. And genuinely I think I was at a good stage. Like I can use Revit. I've used Revit in industry. Yeah. Like at practice I've used Revit. Um but I just felt like I was missing maybe that bit of like foundation knowledge that I was forgetting from like our second year of uni. Mm. Um and this was like beginner to intermediate. And I think I skipped the first chapter because it was like yeah. your basic stuff, like how to draw a wall. Um, but I honestly think it's helped me so much. Would you recommend like it's taught it? me how to do like legends and schedules and details in Revit rather than AutoCAD. One hundred percent, I'd recommend it. And that that the details that I did in Revit for this course, it was so easy. Yeah. And like, I didn't have to draw all the bricks ind- independently. Like, it's got building reg like patterns in it. So you know that when all you load hatches. in your brick and mortar, yeah, 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 it's got all the hatches. So yeah. you know that when you put in your brick and mortar in Revit, you know it's right. Yeah. Whereas in AutoCAD, and I know that like if you're good at AutoCAD, this shouldn't happen. But there have been times in AutoCAD where I've finished something and I've checked a measurement that I felt sure was right and it just isn't right. And we've all had it where you draw a line in AutoCAD that's horizontal Oh, and, then, and then you come back to that line four and a half hours later and it's got like a canter of 0.2 degrees <laughs> like, you just sit there and sigh whereas like in Revit you don't have those problems um, <clears throat> but yeah I would recommend the course 100% obviously it's one of those things where the more softwares you know the more softwares you know the better but not everyone you, you literally physically can't just learn every single software there is no. but I'd say just timeless classics <laughs> Photoshop's not going anywhere, I don't think. No. Uh, AutoCAD's not going anywhere. SketchUp isn't going anywhere. But I do think Revit is a good one to have we'll agree to disagree on AutoCAD. But yeah, so what are we saying? Are we saying Photoshop? Yeah, so I think Photoshop and Revit are the two main ones. SketchUp and the concept. Then you should also know how to use and AutoCAD. Knowledge of AutoCAD, yeah. Yeah. I don't even think I don't even genuinely think you could complete your architecture degree without being able to use at least two of them. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. And Callum <laughs> Don't get an iPad just yet. Hold off, buddy. Hold off till you can write that on the <laughs> <all your> tax. <laughs> so 
I think we'll end it there then. Um, basically, you can't get better than pen and paper, really, can you? Yeah, that's, that's literally it. Today. And we've also got the Instagram page up and running now, which is SSArch underscore podcasts. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.